It's the same old story. It's been a long day at the job, or maybe it's just starting to feel long, and you feel that urge to stretch your legs and get a little bit of a break. You walk down the street, or maybe you get behind the wheel of your car, and you feel the weight begin to lift. You walk through the doors, and the sound of the place starts to clear the air. You get a table, you order your drink, you listen to the sounds of the bar, and soak in the conversation. Welcome to the TNE Speakeasy with your hosts, Sean, Eric, Isaac, and Caleb. Listen in as I discuss the 2018 film, Suspiria. Here we are coming back to our, our second part, and it's been a while. I was hoping to get to this a little bit quicker. I think it's been like, I don't know, like eight months. But <laughs> but the remake, Suspiria 20, 2018. Mm-hmm. Yeah, starting with you, Sean, because I know that you had some familiarity with this. Did you say that you'd only seen part of it when it came out? I watched, I watched like the first 10 minutes, you know, when uh, Patrice goes to see Dr. Clemmer, Clemmer. Um, and then something happened and I had to turn it off and I never watched the rest of it. So I only had watched a drop of it. Mm. Um, and you know, obviously I've seen the first Suspiria, so I'm really watching it for the first time for this. And I watched it this afternoon and I'm going to be honest, like when I, I'm like, Oh, I'm a horror remake. It's two and a half hours. Mm. Uh, like I, I'm like, I don't want to watch this. And, and uh, uh, probably about 20 minutes in, I was like, this is it. I'm hooked. This movie is great. And I ro- rode that wave through most of the movie. I had a great time through this movie. I thought it was well made, well acted, yada, yada, yada. Until about two hours and 20 minutes in, this film completely shat the bed. Uh, and then it kind of redeemed itself after it shat the bed. I mean, it called the maid and, you know, the maid cleaned it all up and, and, you know, the, the movie and I had a nice talk and we parted in friendly ways, but I'm never going to forget how this movie shat the bed. Um, so, but I'm going to have to admit, and you, you, I hate talking about when you talk about remakes, you always end up like half the time going back to the original Mm-hmm. And sometimes I don't think that's fair. But you know what? When you come to think of it, this movie is totally based. It's a remake of the original. It's not like Dawn of the Dead where, oh, the only thing that it has in common is zombies in a mall. Um, we've got a lot of the same characters, almost the same plot. Um, and I I don't remember what I said about the original Suspiria. And I, I liked it the first time I saw it. But for me, it's just a bunch of murder set pieces um, around a really weird art film and there's not much of a story there and what I really liked about this this movie is that there's a story you get the not the full story but you get to see more of the witches behind the scene and they don't really use the witch the word witches the word covenant here well they did a co- they did a couple times they did yeah. they say uh Haxon a lot Hexen. Hexen. But uh, I like that. I like that there were, what is it, like eight or nine of them? 
depending on who you count as part of the coven. Uh, we got a little bit of backstory there. I like, you know, we find out there was a vote at one point. Um, we get a flavor that there's a mother uh, that apparently her keeper puts her in the supply closet at one point, which I thought was kind of funny. But everything is there, and you got to read between the lines a little bit, but everything is there. Uh, and I, I, for the most part, really, really enjoyed it. I really like this movie, and I'm glad I watched it. And for the most part, the two and a half hours went by no problem at all. It was no Dr. Doolittle. <laughs> I always have to snipe at that. Oh, God, you don't understand. <laughs> Sir, you just don't understand. But I'll jump the line and, and give my thoughts on it as well. Um, I've been following this pretty closely as it was developing. Ever since around 2008, it started developing. Oh, my God. Hmm. And I kept, you know, keeping my finger on it, like, okay, you know, what's going to happen with this? I'm really curious because as much as I love that original Suspiria, there's so much room to expand it out and give us more of a real story Mm -hmm. because that i feel like with that first experience when i go back to it every time it feels a little bit more frustrating Mm -hmm. just how incoherent that plot is so i was definitely right there when this came out i was excited for it and i had the same response as you i was completely into it up until the big climax and then i was like holy crap this thing just completely yeah shot the bed and yeah, they do come around and redeem it, but I've seen it two more times since then, and each time I can accept that ending more. I still think that it's easily the weakest part, but I don't know. I love the song that plays over it, so that kind of helps. And Ooh. <laughs> I think it's a great song. Uh, but yeah, no, definitely a lot to discuss there. But I'm curious for you, Isaac, since I guess you're coming to this for your second viewing. Eric, what did you think of the Suspiria remake? Oh, <laughs> jumping the gun there, yeah. <laughs> punting to Eric. I can't remember if I got into this when we were talking about the original, but the only reason I knew about Suspiria before any of you guys ever brought it up was because I guess back in 2018, this was one of the first 4K things that was streaming on Amazon Prime. Mm. There, there was very little in 4K back then on anything outside of Netflix. Um, so that number one got on my radar and then, and then I don't know if it was just the classic version or the, or the new ones, probably the classic, but also around 2018, um, the original Suspiria was one of, cause I, I get into a lot of 4k like movie forums and stuff and for hard copies, um, Suspiria was one of the biggest things on the radar back then that was not a mainstream movie in 4k. So it was one of the first non-mainstream movies in 4K. So oh, wait, I'm so sorry, Eric. You mean the original Suspiria was in 4K? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's probably like an Arrow Video release or something like that. Oh, okay. um, apps. And so that's why. Okay, so, so that's why both of them were kind of on my radar in 2018, just because like, oh, I, I, you know, I want to see this just because you know. Um, because I had this obsession with that stuff. Um, but I didn't know anything about the backstory or what the movie was about or anything like that. And of course, I never saw any of either one in, until we did the, uh, the previous podcast. Um, now, I don't need... I'm, I'm not sure what I think about this one. Because, because right from the beginning, I noticed the lack of color 
compared to the original and for some reason that bothered me at first um but then but then thinking about it, it might be kind of silly if they duplicate try to duplicate that element like in the modern version um probably a better idea not to try to make it super bright like that and then i started to appreciate because <laughs> i must have missed the uh, the opening um caption that said 1977 like act one or whatever um because it wasn't until we were about 45 minutes that it clicked on me that this was not present day um and, oh. and once i realized that because I, I started to realize like why is everyone dressed like kind of like the 80s um and i realized oh okay it, it's set oh and of course i started seeing some of the the political stuff that was going on obviously um like with east germany and and the German RAF, and and so I started. And once I realized it was it was kind of more of a period piece, I actually started to appreciate the aesthetic more in the movie. I too really like the what's his name Tom Thor. Uh, I really like his theme at, that plays near the beginning of the movie, and I actually listened to that song a whole lot um, a couple of years ago. Again, not even seeing the movie, so <laughs> so the song was great, but. Did he have like a different song that played later in the movie? Um, yeah. When what's her name's bone came out, and that's that. I don't know. It, it that was it. That was jarring. The song felt inappropriate, <laughs> like at the time that it that was used in the movie, and it, that was kind of weird and slightly off-putting. Um, but. My sense right now is, even though I was kind of lukewarm on the original, I kind of came away with a better overall impression of the original after seeing it versus how I feel about this one. And and I also feel like I should like this movie more than I do, and I'm not sure yet why I don't. And maybe it's because it doesn't all come together. In, in a satisfactory way that that's probably what it is because that would probably change my whole opinion uh overall or it, it would really wow. sway it in a different direction yeah it does seem like you're missing a lot with it so yeah i could see why you would come away not really getting what it was going for especially missing the fact that yeah it was a period piece which is very important to the movie mm -hmm. and where it's set too with the berlin wall being such a pivotal image in there kind of missing that as well cause issues well yeah i got that about 40 minutes in exactly certainly, certainly it would have helped uh right from the very start yeah did you see when it because it opens up it says uh six acts in an epo in an epilogue set in divided berlin so that also no I didn't, I, I didn't see that caption the first time i was watching it oh, okay yeah which i always thought was a curious because they almost hide that like it i feel like if someone was just like glossing over the credits they would gloss over that too i saw there was weird the way they put it in there but if you're done with your initial thoughts yes yeah isaac over there the uh the punter yeah i'm curious what's uh what do you got over there so talking about suspiria 1977 <laughs> okay um oh i get it i get it now oh okay yes wait so we were supposed to watch the we were supposed to watch the remake instead of the original the thing is i can't tell if he's joking or not <laughs> Seriously? 
But he has watched the original. You have watched the original. You've watched both of them, I think, by now. Sean, don't play into this. Yeah, no, I, the thing is, I don't know if he's joking or not. That's the, the nerve-wracking part. And scene. All right, so um, the 2019 uh, Amazon Studios uh, Suspiria really made me question whether or not uh, this was one of those... This is not a hack. Uh, don't worry. This is this is an abs- This is a film. This is a legit film. This is like a real film. I'm so happy I watched it. But my curiosity was: is this a film with Suspiria on it to sell for? I don't know, like fans of the original, or is this like a legit, you know, remake of 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 Suspiria and uh, honoring that name? What you know, whatever that name meant and how. Uh, <laughs> mixed it was uh when we when we talked about it and when it came out i've got some background on that that i can mention a little bit later please yes because i think this is kind of weird where i think we're, we're all thinking the same thing of like all right what's the other guy gonna say we want we we all want to like know each other's hands like we all want to know like, all right who's who's feeling what because you know i'm feeling positive on this film but i'm i am curious as to what everybody in the room also thinks of this film so you liked it. Okay, so yeah, that's. I think we so. can all agree that it's not like 10 Cloverfield Lane where it just piggybacked on another film. It's an actual real remake. Like, I wouldn't, yeah. I've, Which isn't always a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> this is not like, you know, Hollywood, or Halloween, uh, Halloween 2 where, you know, he wants to, like Carpenter's idea was, well, his idea. But, like, if you had to make a sequel, it's like, oh, let's just, like, do an anthology. Like, this is definitely not that. This is... I think a very well crafted film and does take that idea, but or does take the uh, uses the title to its advantage. But it it did leave me wondering of like, hmm, definitely very different though. Other than like, it's the same like <laughs> it's like a multiverse idea of like the same idea, but you know done differently over and over again. So you know, if Suspiria comes out, if somebody remakes that in like another forty years, what is Suspiria in? I don't know twenty. I get, you know, let's say 2049 going to look like. <laughs> I love that. I, I think that's a great point. Um, because I do, there's a story by Agatha Christie called And Then There Were None, which has been remade eight times since 1945. And I do the same thing with that. Like, okay, the most recent one was 2015. How is it? You know, um, I absolutely agree 100%, even though it's not set. Uh, well, the ni- the nineteen seventies, the original was of course set during you know modern day. This is set in the nineteen seventies. If they made one twenty years from now, when would it be set? What would change about it? Would it still be a ballet school? Could it be a film school? Doesn't have to be a ballet school, uh, music school maybe. I love that idea. I like I like that multiverse idea. We're not going to go much go go much places with it in this conversation, but I'm just going to say I like that idea. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah. yeah, and just for some of the background, because Luca Guadagino, or Guadagino, I think, I always missay his name. Yeah, he bought the rights for this in 2008, and he said that when he saw it in the theater in the 70s, he immediately wanted to remake it, because he was like, it's a great movie, there's so much here that wasn't explored, and he immediately had all these ideas. He claims now, who knows. <laughs> but he said that he, ne- he didn't want to remake it in the sense of, like, a psycho... Uh, whatever that was, 96 or 98 remake, where it's just recreating the same movie. He was like, I wanted to capture what the movie made me feel when I watched it and, you know, kind of recontextualize it and add more 
of his own personal touches to it. And so that why, that's why we get a movie that has the skeleton of that original movie. But everything, all the other details are different. The look of the movie, the... Like, I never feel like this movie's trying to be fun, which I feel like that 70s one is trying to, like, wow you and excite you with the just the, the music and the setting. This one feels like it's much more trying to make you think and trying to give you this dour feel. So... Yeah, it, it, you know, in this story, it's always raining or snowing, and you almost feel like you kind of need to take a shower while you're watching it. Like, uh, you're at somebody's house who's a chain smoker and they don't go outside to smoke. Um, but then again, it's 1977 Berlin. You know, everything's at least, I mean, I don't think any of us have been there at that time. <laughs> uh, but I imagine it might be kind of crappy. Eric, I went back to, I keep going back to fucking Bridge of Spies. Uh, the movie <laughs> that I never thought I'd be keep going back to. Um, but it's icky feeling. And, the, the you know, it, it, they do, the director does use light and, um, and uh, the production design to make you feel icky. It's like seven makes you mm. feel i think seven is a little bit more depressing but this is if you have clinical depression or you need to have a day at home just vegging in the bed with the cats don't watch this movie it's gonna make you feel worse uh there's something about this that really gets under your skin uh and i i think that uh yeah which by the way is how i watched the movie midsummer i had to have a staycation day at home <laughs> And I watched Midsummer, and I think I got actually sick, which that movie is not gross at all. Uh, this movie isn't. Well, this movie is kind of gross in a couple of scenes, but yeah. Yeah. When they go, when they decide to get violent, they get super duper violent. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's the death of Olga, which I didn't expect that. Um, not only does she get contorted, but they come out with those, I don't know what you would call those, those hooks, skies, yeah. sides, and they drag her out of the room with it. Ugh, ugh. And then I think I, I, I must, I, I, Mother Marco uh, was pretty gross too. I was like, why haven't I ever seen a picture of that? Because that's disgusting. Yeah, the, like the baby hand sticking out of it. Uh, yeah. And I'm pretty sure there was a baby head right by the, uh, vagina bits sticking out there too yeah i want to know the story the story about that like why did they make that choice i think that the costume was fine without the um the hands and the heads or whatever like it could have been just like a really gross old woman like the the old lady ghost from the shining or um there's other things but i can't think of them off the top of my head you know because I just assume, like, okay, this is just a really old woman. Like, maybe she's, like, 200 or 300 years old, and the body's just falling apart. As somebody says in the movie, disease upon disease. Yeah. Um, and she needs to be put into the, the body of somebody younger, which has been done left and right. And I'm not just talking about Get Out. I'm talking about, like, you know, Skeleton Key. Do you guys remember that movie? That's a pretty good movie, but I just ruined it for you if you happen to watch it uh, soon. But yeah. Wow, I do remember Skeleton Key. Didn't have uh, who was that actress that was in it? Uh, was it the one from King Kong? I don't remember. Oh, okay. 
I, I just remember there were old people. She was looking after this old man, and it turned out the whole time it was just a scam for him to go into her body. Yeah, I remember that being okay, but yeah, it's, it's been since the 2000s since I've seen that. Yeah, it's 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 old. It's it's been you know swept under the rug by now. Yeah, it's a flash in the pan bit of fun, but not a classic. Whereas Get Out, you've got the same thing. Spoiler, uh, but I'm sure you've all seen Get Out. That wins an Oscar, but yeah. And since since you mentioned Get Out, and I don't even know if people are really still talking about this too much, but. This was around the wave of when people were talking about elevated horror, and this was one of the ones that was being bandied around as a standout of that. And I never much cared for that term, but I could see why they would say it for this movie. It's, it feels very heady, and it feels like it's much less focused on the overt scary stuff. Like, we get those pretty intense scenes, but those are only maybe two or three scenes. The rest of the movie is very slow and very talky. And that's why I'm more surprised you, Eric. I figured that you would get into that that stuff more, just with your usual sensibilities. You would think, and yet I was expecting more of those, I mean, shocking scenes or whatever. I don't know what you want to call that. I was expecting more visual hooks in the movie. And then I was... No pun intended. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so I, I was kind of surprised and weirdly let down by that. Um, I expected more of that. And yeah, I, I don't know. I'm very disappointed in your attitude about this movie, Eric. Uh, <laughs> well, for, for two reasons. And one of them is not really your fault, but you were unable to watch the last hour. So this the readers don't know this because you mentioned this off mic. Uh, I don't mean to embarrass you, but one, you know, this 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 will kind of help you because otherwise people are like, you know, usually that Eric is so talky about the movies. But you had to fast forward through the last hour of the movie. Yes, but that being said, I'm still kind of stuck thinking on what, what Kayla said because it's true. Normally I would have gotten more engaged like in the first hour, hour and a half than I did. And, and, and it just didn't. Uh... I mean, like, I mean, there was other things that I made note of, you know, but, but not, not the meat and potatoes of of what was below the surface in the movie that that stuff like i didn't feel compelled like just as 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 a as someone in the audience i didn't feel feel compelled to really like affix asphyxiate not asphyxiate <laughs> no definitely not <laughs> <laughs> not any sort of autoerotic uh, element to it either i didn't feel the need to fixate on like whenever i had a question early on i didn't feel motivated to like seek out the answer a couple things but not much um i was more just taking it in and, and it's it is kind of weird like I, I don't know why it really didn't engage me and i was like distracted okay. by other things like one of the first biggest distractions for me was the old man um mm. like every time i saw him i was like is this a younger guy this has to be a younger guy in old guy makeup and then I'd always be asking myself, why? Like, is is it for some reason are we going to see a younger version of him later in the movie? Is something is something in the plot going to de-age him? Like, and it's just like stupid stuff like that. I couldn't stop Wait thinking about, and it would like distract me from the rest of the movie. Who's going to tell him? Yeah, did you figure this out? Did you look it up? Or no, I don't. I don't. <laughs> this is delicious. Oh, this is delicious. Isaac, do you know about this? 
Uh, probably not. But like, are we talking within the movie, or are we talking out of the movie? Like the but, out of the movie. Uh, oh, okay. No, the production side. No, I don't. So because I I oh, purposefully wow. refuse to look anything up because of this, like you know, our little discussion. Oh my gosh. Oh, this is good. Okay, you tell. Yeah, me. go ahead. Go ahead. You go ahead, Sean. All right. All right, this is like when I told Steve that Sheb Woolley was the Wilhelm scream. Nice. So you guys, the old man, Dr. Trembley or whatever his name is, is Dr. played Kimpla. is played by Tilda Swinton. Yeah, as is Elena Marcus. Yeah, that's Tilda Swinton. Does that make any sense now? No. Oh, God. I mean, what do you mean? How is that supposed to make sense? Well, it doesn't make sense, but now when you look back at it, do you realize, like, okay... There was makeup on him, but you never suspected that it was Tilda Swinton. Certainly not, but but see, I thought that I'm disappointed by the reveal just now. Um, I mean, because so. because I thought it was going to be like, um, um, you know, it was actually uh, I don't know, Pierce Brosnan. I don't know somebody. Oh then, but my! Then, but then they but then they hear it's Tilda Swinton. You know, sir, I have a pair of reading. I, I almost I, feel I almost feel insulted by the reveal. I have a pair of reading glasses in my hand, even though I don't plan on reading anything anytime soon. I'm going to throw them at the TV right now. There you go. Yeah, it's an outrage. I can't believe Why? that you are not impressed by that. You you should be like, oh my god! No, I'm insulted. I'm awesome. I feel insulted. You feel insulted because I, because because that just seems like a, silly. In what way, silly? Uh, well, you know, I don't know. I don't know why they chose to do that instead of casting, you know, just an actor. Um, but she does a pretty damn good fucking job. Oh, she does. Yeah, she does in that respect. Everything she's in, I'm like, oh my God, she's awesome. And I'm saying this jokingly, but she's even really great in Tar, even though that's not Tilda Swinton, because you get Tilda Swinton and Kate Blanchett mixed up and for me tar is more tilda swinton than kate blanchett even though it's kate blanchett and she deserved the oscar don't get oh no this now i'm lost i don't get it i what's it don't worry what was the point of that but why why insulting why insulting no because i feel like the because unless unless you guys have a great explanation i feel like the filmmakers just like like wanking off over there unless there's like a good explanation on to why to do that uh i did read an explanation vague explanation but luca guadagino guadagino fuck every time uh he was saying that this was such a kind of female empowerment story he wanted all of the central cast members to be played by women okay. and oh, this is making it worse it would make it worse for you in particular but <laughs> oh, God. i have a feeling there's also an element of i think that's that that's fascinating i kind of thought that while i was watching it because i was going over in my head um i'm sorry i'm not I'm not lying. I just didn't think of it until you mentioned that. But um, yeah, because there's there's only other like two speaking male roles. Maybe wrong speaking male roles in the movie. And that's the two detectives. Yeah, and they they portray they portrayed in a good light. And and for me, this is my own reading. I'm not sure if this was the intent. I feel like there's the the three kind of parental figures here. We have uh, Madame Blanc. We have Mother or Helena Marcos. And then I feel in some way this doctor was a parental figure to uh, Patricia, or how do you say her name? Patricia. Patricia. <laughs> and then uh, Sarah as well, and kind of trying to guide them in a different direction. Mm -hmm. And maybe nominally Susie. And so I think that they, in a way, maybe represent three mothers in a way as well. 
even though that guy's a, a, a man. And I really like how the character was treated at the end of the story. Yeah. Um, because they could have just killed him off. It's like, fuck, he knows too much. We got to kill him. No, that one lady. I got to know these ladies' names. Uh, if I if I were to watch this over and over again, I would learn their names. But, you know, the one lady, the house mother, she apologizes and s- sends him on his way. You know, almost if he, as if he was like, he just like drank a lot or whatever. And of course, he's not going to remember anything. And, you know, they give him a really good blessing at the at the end of the movie. And I was afraid they were going to kill him off uh, in at first at the at the ceremony. Mm. And then a little bit later, when she comes to see him and she tells him what happened to his wife, which I a scene which I almost got kind of t- dusty at. Oh, yeah. Because he's. He's really uh, sad, happy. I, I, you know, he's happy that he knows what happened to his wife, uh, but he's sad that she's dead. Yeah, that's that was another bit why I was shocked that Eric missed all of the. Oh, it's so rich. Because I mean, talking about the fact that his wife was, you know, he's been searching for, her and she was in the the concentration camps. I'm surprised he missed that element of it. But do you know who played his wife? Yes. Yeah, the lady from the original. We already know those true facts, sir. You're not going to impress us with any true facts. Damn. That's for the audience. It's for the audience's <laughs> sake. The readers? Yes. No, but see, I, I see I'm still hung up. Like, I, you guys are making me like this movie less. I'm still hung up on this Tilda Swinton thing because because that whole turn, like I don't like any of the explanations at all. But explanations aside, again, that like jacked up the whole movie for me. Because I had no idea it was her. But I, w- I but I was constantly aware that this is like some weird fake out makeup, and like that really bothered me. Um, like, why does this person not look real? Um, and that really helped me get out of the movie. But see, like, I, I was hoping that there was a way that it would redeem itself, or or even if it, even if the makeup wasn't intended to look fake, that it would somehow pay off in some other way. But then your explanation makes it makes it makes it go the opposite direction for me so so see now well, how come because i'm starting to feel insulted by the filmmaker why why does that make you feel insulted because because it's like because i i feel like i'm getting toyed with for no reason because sometimes a filmmaker toys with you but it's for a reason because they're trying to set something up or subvert your expectations or reveal something later but this is just like what well, again, I didn't read him saying it, but I do think that the... No, I, I think you're right, but that I don't like that, though. Well, wait, let's put a pin in it. Let's go to see what Isaac thinks, because Isaac didn't know as well. Um, so when uh, Herr Doctor is uh, going through the checkpoint to go to his little house, his little countryside house, I assume potentially like either his, the house that he had with his wife... Or, yep. uh, because where he lives, I assume, is just like, I guess, practice. Because the doctor definitely does house calls, except you have to go to see the doctor instead of the doctor comes to see you. Anyways, uh, I, I looked at, like, the cheekbones. I looked at, like, the, 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 the side. And I was like, oh, okay, now I see Tilda Swinton. I think that's awesome. I think that's, that's pretty cool. Like, that's a, that's a really good, like, thing for her. Uh, acting, again, I didn't, I did not, like, I just skimmed over the, uh, the the uh, what is it, the credits uh, to see who it was unless they uh, didn't list her uh, as being the head of doctor and I I just thought the doctor himself was played by you know this like this 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 really good like German actor and like you know he used to be in a lot of like German films and he 
um, like wild audiences back in the day, but he's been on like hard times or something like that, and he comes in for this role. It's like, oh my goodness, like what a great role. And hey, I gotta say that's Tilda Swinton. Like, yeah, she she loses me in the role. That's that's amazing. I think that's another good like you know. I feel the same. That's opposite opinion to me for sure. Yeah. Well, okay. No, no, no that's fine. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not no, no. Now, hold on fine. a second. Okay, let's let's do a litmus test. We'll do a litmus test. Eric, is this film woke? Oh no. Um, Just say it. I'm 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 I open the I open the can of worms. I open the can of worms. I wouldn't I wouldn't even have thought that at all. I'm trying to trigger you I'm, before, and I'm and I'm not and I'm not saying it is now. I mean, obviously, I guess you could say there's some quote unquote woke ideas, perhaps, but I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's a woke movie. Okay, that's I'm good. I'm curious if if, that, if that's why you're saying you're insulted by that choice. Oh, no, I just don't understand the point. Because I thought there would be a point. Because obviously it wasn't an old man. I knew that. So I thought there would be a point to it. And if the only point, and I think and I think your theory, Caleb, is probably correct, then I think that is super lame. Um, because because the reason I said like Isaac's take was opposite, not because he liked it, but because he thought it was a com- convincing um, performance. It was a confusing performance for me. So like it, it just oh, I was just like who is why is this okay. person like not a real person like everyone else in the movie is see that like I don't like that so it it could have been anyone it could have been a man and I still would have been distracted like what the heck is this guy doing this I mean actor well he he is off in his own storyline he's he begins the movie with but no 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 that's not what I meant I don't mean I don't mean as a character in the movie I mean as a Pretend it was a male actor who was in makeup and not Tilda Swinton. You know, I would still have been just just as distracted. Like, why the fuck did they get this guy and put him in makeup? Why isn't it not just an old man? Like, like really annoying to me. And 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 the reasons for perhaps why they did that with Tilda Swinton that doesn't feel worth it in any way. Um, because I would, I feel like I would have been just as screwed up if I had just gone to the movies and watched the movie in a vacuum and watched it the way I normally watch movies, you know, not knowing anything. And I would have been just as annoyed by this character as I was. Okay. A- L- L- let me ask you this, Eric. Do you think that's a gimmick? Do you think it's a gimmick? Essentially, yes. Because I, I think it's a gimmick, too, because that's the reason that I initially started watching the movie. And it wasn't because it was a remake of Suspiria, but... One of the reasons that I started watching it was I read on Facebook or one of my whatever pages, whatever, uh, that Tilda Swinton plays the old man in the beginning. I thought it was just in the beginning. I didn't know it was throughout the whole film. But that drew me in. So for me, that was like Clue with the three endings kind of gimmick. Like, I'm going to go in for that as opposed to like some sort of stupid Roger Corman gimmick. Okay, it worked. It no, worked. That, that's fine. I think that I think that's fine. It makes sometimes work, and sometimes they're fun, and sometimes they work. And in this case, it was really good. Like she was really good as that man. And yeah. I always bring up the Academy Awards, but I can't believe this woman woman won an Academy Award for Michael Clayton uh, when she's in stuff like this. I mean, like even the stupid Narnia movies. Uh, she played the White Witch. Holy shit! Like she was a great White Witch. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm gonna. I was convinced. This, is the, this isn't the Tilda Swinton cast. I know, but see, I, I honestly think no. But I honestly think that no. I don't. I was not convinced by that performance. <sighs> it, it bothered me. Like, why is this part? I was not convinced by that. And even if I had that form, I, know, I can see how they, I know, that I know. worked for you. That that makes sense. But but it wasn't convincing though. Like if it was convincing. 
then it would have been different. Like I can't, I can't disagree more. I, I don't. No, know. no, no. But it would, no, but would it work for you if if you didn't think it was a convincing performance? No, right. No, if it wasn't a convincing. I mean, then your whole opinion would be different. If it wasn't a convincing performance, then. I mean, what it, what do you mean by a convincing performance? Like, oh, I can totally tell it's Tilda Swinton. No, 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 no. Because you, I think almost all of you have said that she did really well playing that role, the the male role. When I watched it for like the first three minutes, I'm like, oh, that's Tilda Swinton. She looks really good. And there were probably three or four times throughout the rest of the two and a half hour movie where I saw Tilda Swinton. Exactly. And most of them was when she looked like maybe it was Tilda Swinton's dad, and I wouldn't know. <laughs> there, there, there was one scene where. He's sitting in his garden of his quote-unquote country home, eating an eclair and reading something, and I definitely saw lady hands of a younger woman. That was a sandwich. Oh, it was a sandwich? No, but I'm not talking about Tilda Swinton, though. I'm talking about the performance of the character. I'm not... Again, it it could have been a man, and I still would have been like, "This this is not a convincing performance. It is a convincing performance. It doesn't matter if it was Tilda Swinton or some guy. No, no, no. I'm... That's not... That's... I'm trying to point out the difference in opinion here. Yeah, I understand how you. It's mean. not about the cat. It's not the casting okay. that's bothering me. I mean, that's icing on the cake. Yeah, because you guys found it convincing. So obviously, if you did not find it convincing as a performance, then your opinion would be different. And that's where I am stuck because I was not convinced by that performance. It could have been anyone in the in the costume or the the prosthetic. I was like, what is this person? So, so the costume and the cosmetic drew you out of the character. Are you because, saying because because they made the person look fake? It'd be like if there was a CGI character in the movie and everyone else is a person, and there's no explanation or reason for it to be a CGI character. And I just think, what the hell is going on here? I <laughs> I don't want to argue about it. I have a comeback for that, but I'm not going to go there because I don't want to get into it. This isn't, this isn't what the thing is about. No, but but I'm just saying. No, but for some reason that but see because that didn't trigger you guys, and obviously you don't have the baggage I have. But there's no way I could be like untriggered by it because because it was bothering me from the very beginning. This person doesn't look right, um, and and like just hearing more of the explanation like makes it worse for me. It was not convincing to me that like because all the other acting, including Tilda Swinton as a female, was on a different level for me in the movie and obviously didn't distract me. It's just this one character. It's like who is this person? Um, who is this person in the movie, and who is this person um, as a performer? Because it it just like completely took me out of the movie. I cannot wait till we do Rogue One, and he says he loves the performance by the guy who does um, uh, Grand Moff Tarkin, and then Princess Leia at the end. That's going to be so much fun. Okay, I thank you. Oh, that's, that's a different that's a different kettle of fish. I know it, it is. Yeah. But but what I, what I was thinking about from another movie was um, like see in the Prestige. Um, the first time I saw that movie, I had no idea that Christian Bale was um, was playing two parts. You know, spoilers. Not until the reveal in the movie, and and so see that's where it works because I wasn't watching the Prestige the first time, going, "What's with this guy? Why does this guy look so weird?" So I didn't have that distraction, so I was completely into the movie, into it, and then and then there, when there was the reveal, it all completely worked on me, and I was astounded because. Because I didn't smell anything of foul up to that point, but in this, it it everything felt wrong to me from the very beginning with this character, um, and then it it made it even weirder because you're talking about her, um, him being like a patriarchal figure to um, like Patricia um, and Mia Goth, and because it was such a weird 
person, it 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 unintentionally creeped me out that this guy had it it, it it started to make me it started to bother me like why is this character so invested in these girls this weirdo amalgam of a person like it started to make me think that dude was a creep unintentionally because it was, it was because of the weird performance it was all wrapped up in yeah his his lost wife and bring back all those memories no i but... get that but i was distracted by the weird performance I, I disagree with you wholeheartedly about this. This obviously hits some sort of uncanny valley for you. Yes. That yes. Since we we knew about it, uh, you know, going in, no, uh, no. you know, it didn't hit us, and I forgot about it. Like after two minutes, like I said, but I love the idea of maybe doing this and like making this character a villain, so it's more creepy. I don't know if that would work. Like that too. Yeah. Uh, oh, I think it completely changed. Uh, I'm glad you said Uncanny Valley. That's but, a, but that's that's a really a, good way to put it. That's that's going off topic, I think. But well, I'll I'll quickly add in. I think Isaac said that he didn't know going in, and when I saw this initially, I had no idea either. And for the first maybe 10, 15 minutes of the movie, I was put off. I was like, okay, this. I mean, it's nowhere near as bad as Prometheus, but this does look like someone has makeup on. But after that point, I was just so drawn into the movie and the character itself that I was just, I didn't care anymore. And now going back, knowing that that's Tilda Swin, it doesn't bother me at all. And I yeah, start to question what the thematic purpose is of having her play those three different roles. Because Luca Guadagino is not a, he's not some hack director, Ridley Scott type. No offense, Ridley Scott. <laughs> sure. No, he's someone who very, very carefully thinks through and plans through what his movies are going to be. So... Everything's got a purpose there. Tell me, Caleb, did she? Did Swinton also play? Uh, maybe, maybe it's just like a similar-looking actor. But there's a there's a other there's another mother, or may not mother, but there's another sister in there uh, who has big glasses. She has those those big, huge glasses that she wears. She's kind of always like to herself. She's kind of introverted, or at least she's kind of like the uh, the little sheep uh, in the in the bunches of wolves uh, within the wolf pack. Uh, and she's the one that uh, just randomly, like, well, not ran- I, I, there's a reason for it, but like, she's the one that just out of nowhere stabs herself in the throat uh, at dinner yeah. time. If you remember that, like, is that Tilda Swinton or is that just another similar looking actor? Just a similar looking actress. Okay, fair enough. Thank you. <laughs> and I will say, every time I've watched this, I've I've never fully gotten why she killed herself. I think maybe she sensed the real mother coming and got spooked. Did she? Who did she? Do we remember who she voted for, or do we not? Or does because does, does she say because she barely says anything throughout the uh, throughout the movie, so I have no idea what her voice sounds like. But did she vote for? That's a very good point. She abstained at first, and then she voted for. I don't know. I'll go take a look. I think she said Marcus. I, I think she did too. I thought Blanc was the one who abstained for obvious reasons. Yeah, she did. She did. But but there was one who abstained at first, but then voted. Okay. Yeah, she's at the end. She's like, it's already been decided. And yeah, no, I think she did vote for Marcus. So yeah. Okay, so it's the gal in the glasses, okay. Or Marco. <laughs> I have a theory about that, but she spends a lot of the movie up in the... Uh, uh, atrium, or what do you call it? Atrium, yeah, the balcony up there watching people. And she comes off as sort of a wilting, you know, middle-aged woman, dumpy, frumpy, whatever. Oh, spinster. No, yeah, no, she does. Well, they're all they're all spinsters. Uh, you know, that's sort of a derogatory term, but if you're going to call is. it a... right, but she but she looks the part, kind of like Adrian and Rocky before she falls in love with. Adrian. Yeah, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, 
Um, Homely, as they say. Yeah. Homely. But after the movie shits, uh, the movie shits the bed, and then it redeems her- itself. And I don't remember the lady's name, but the one that was Blanc's sort of second in command, the one, one that was always hanging out with her and talking to her, and um, yeah. she was uh, Marcus's keep, Marcos's keeper. Sorry, I say Marcus because we've got a town over here called San Marcus, and it's, sm- it's spelled M A R C O S. Oh. It's about halfway between where Eric and I are, and it's San Marcos, but everybody's a San Marcos. So I just yeah, don't get me started on that conversation. Anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, me too. Anyway, uh, after all that, she's the one on the balcony, and she's the one that looks a little bit frumpy and dumpy. Not that she was Farrah Fawcett <laughs> to begin with, but I think that you know it's sort of like she's cast aside. Like, oh, uh, you were with Blanc. Uh, you're no longer part of the the cool kids. Uh, you know you. Well, no, I, I, I. This is what I don't know. This is what the thing that I don't like about this movie, because they have that cool scene with the voiceover with the votes, uh, and you kind of forget about it, and it's not until later. I don't know what you would call the the scene, the the climactic, uh, ceremony scene. The ritual. There we go. The ritual. That's a good name. The ritual. Uh, where everything, you know, where, where everything goes tits up. And uh, okay, this is this is what I think. Okay, so Susie comes in there, and uh, Helena Marcos is going to go into her body, and you know she's going to leave her disgusting whatever the fuck body it is, <laughs> and then that's about to happen. And um, Blanc says, wait, there's something wrong. There's something wrong. And Marcos is like, no, we're going for it with anyway. So uh, who kills, who, who beheads, quote unquote, Blanc? Yeah, Marcos. Marcos. And then somebody comes out of the floor, kills Marcos. And when I say somebody, it's not really clear because they're killing all of the people that voted for Marcus, okay. Yeah. So who is this person? And wait, Marcus killed Blanc, killed uh, uh, Tilda Swinton, or was it the demon that came out of the floor that killed Tilda Swinton? No, yeah, it was her because Tilda Swinton was trying to stop the ritual. She was like, something seems seriously wrong here, and, you know, we need to stop this. So if the demon's killing everybody that voted for the other woman, you know, why is something going wrong? What's, what, why is, that's what I don't understand. That's what has to be explained to me like a nine-year-old. It's the real mother, Suspiriorum. Okay. Yep. yep. Yeah. She discovered this this faker, this this person who was stealing her identity, and came to destroy this coven, or anyone who supported Marcus. A calling, if you will. And I think Blanc had been in contact with her at some point, and when Susie came, she realized that Susie could either be a vessel for Blanc, or a, a vessel for the proper mother, Suspiriorum. And that's where we get the Blancites versus the Marcusites and that kind of political divide. Just like the two Christian groups uh, that, that Susie was part not part of, but like, um, darn it, I forgot what they were already. But the, the Mennonites and uh, some the, the other the other splinter group, whatever oh. it was. It, yeah, or like the <laughs> divided Berlin and yep, uh, the Mennonites and the yeah, we see them in the airports sometimes. I say Amorites, but it's not the Amorites. It's it's um, God damn. No, don't continue. 
I keep wanting to say atheists, but it starts with it's A. Not it's atheists. not the atheists. It's um, amenemies. It's um, femorites. No, they don't. They don't use technology. Yeah. Well, basically, yeah. They, they Amish. Amish. Thank you. That's sir. right. Yes. Oh wow. How could I? <laughs> yeah, I know. Thank you. Yeah. But yeah, this movie is all about control. You see them at airports. Yeah, that's uh, the only time I've seen Amish people. Hey, they got to travel. You know, they're going to take a plane. No, but I see religious types, but. But I, I mean, I think I know what you're talking about at airports. But I didn't think they were Amish. I thought they were um, like a like a sect of like LDS or something. No, they might be Mennonites. Uh, come to think of it, or they could be Amish. But no, I don't think LDS dress up like that. No, no, uh, regular LDS don't. But like the, these offshoot like splinter groups, fundamentalist LDS, like the ones you see the documentaries about. Something Maybe. like that. Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I think they do, but I don't think I saw. Chances are, I didn't see any of them. Because I, because I, I will see these people randomly come into the city or randomly go into the um, the DPS or whatever, the ones who make their own clothing. But they don't look like Amish at all to me. I mean, I've seen Amish people in <laughs> Pennsylvania, and they don't look nothing like that. Oh, but uh, just as we're talking about the kind of paralleling with all the different power dynamics. Where do you guys think the, the whole, uh, is it RAF? The Red Army? The something? The Royal Air Force? No. Yeah. <laughs> no, what the, the, Red Army faction? I, yes, it's the, whatever that is. Yeah, where, where do you think that ties in with the power dynamics? I was never quite sure how that fits in. It could just be a straight um, juxtaposition contrast to what's going on, potentially. Like, that's, like, is... Like maybe there's probably more to it, but at least like on a surface level, it's like, see, look what's happening here. Where there's like, like I said before, this whole movie's at least from one of my like takeaways from this movie is, is it's about control. I guess more than just that, but it's like control over like um, positions of power. And so like you know the the standoff in the in the uh, in the airplane uh, that was about like who has control, and obviously like through a war of attrition, they like. The right, you know, the the good guys or whatever you want to call it, um, oust them and and eventually get the upper hand over them, and that's kind of the same thing that's happening with this coven, right? But to extend it further, I'm trying to figure out would the RAF represent like those who follow Marcos or or the return of the original mother? Um, like who would they be in that equation? That's that's what I'm stuck on. Well, what is what is the book the 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 the, the book the doc hair doctor has? Um, he had, he's flipping through it and there's yeah. images of going, I forget what the images are, but he's reading it mm-hmm. and he's seeing, um, all these, these, these notes, all these notes. And then there's these like interconnected webs, uh, or yeah. shapes, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, on the, I guess the middle of the page, like in the middle of the book, there's this like big, like just, just web that like, uh, has this person in the middle. I can't remember if it was Suspirium or if it was somebody else. I think it was Blanc. Okay. Yeah, it was Blanc. Um, but yeah, that was uh, Patricia's uh, journal, and she was drawing like she was kind of this this in this middle ground between these two radical groups, with the Coven, and then she was also attached to the RAF. I that actually confused me. Uh, this political, not the political thing, but the 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 event that they kept talking about, mm-hmm. and Isaac, like you said, when every time someone said RAF, I, I thought Royal Air Force, <laughs> and then I felt stupid because it's like it can't be Royal Air Force. 
is there something going on that I, you know, maybe everybody else watching this knows and I didn't know. I think it would have been better if this was set during the time that, and forgive me, the 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 folks that were held hostage at the Olympics. Was it Israelis? Israelis that were held hostage? Yep. No, I know what you're talking Do you guys know about. what I'm talking about? You guys ever watch the... Yeah. It, it, because it's a very similar type thing. And it had to do with Israeli and Palestinian relations. And I can't remember who held who hostage. Um, but it was a real thing that happened. And it was give or take five years from when this took place. Yeah, this was a real event too. Oh, it was? Oh, I'm so yeah. sorry. Or wait, was it a real event or based on a real event? Uh, I thought it was a real event, but it could be based. I'm I'm not 100. I think sure. it's I think it's based because because when I looked up Lustamva um, hijacking, there was a hijacking in this time period, but the details were totally different than like it didn't involve the RAF. Uh, it was a whole different situation. It was an Egyptian guy um, in Germany. Who was trying to um, um, seek asylum in the United States? Yeah, it's it's really sad and scary how much hijacking shit was going on in the seventies and eighties. I remember yeah. as a kid. Yeah, so it didn't have anything to do with like a political movement. It was just a guy who was in Germany who was afraid to go back to Egypt, and so he hijacked the plane um, with a gun with blanks and got the plane to divert to the United States, mm. um, and. That was the most famous Ustanzva hijacking I could find. It, it took place around this time period, but just a whole different situation. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, was, uh, every time I watch it, I'm always curious to to piece it into the other plot. I'm never fully sure how it fits. I mean, I, I get the sense that maybe they're saying, because this, this Volk, this kind of, uh, I guess, a protest spell, I think. <laughs> I was almost wondering if, if that was their version of the hijacking but i wasn't fully sure how that connects i'm i'm gonna go with what isaac said with what you said isaac because i i also like caleb tried to sort of like read into it something read some i'm sorry read something into it and i i couldn't like and it's always tempting to just like go and look up something really quick on the internet about it while you're watching it but i didn't because like anyway i'd like yeah. to hear it from yeah, you. you fine gentlemen anyway Thank you. Yeah, the reason I was trying to figure out and still haven't figured out, because I feel like the RAF is supposed to represent one of the main factions within the coven, but I can't figure it out because, so the RAF, I mean, I only, you know, I didn't do a deep dive, you know, just from a, a shallow end dive. So my understanding is the RAF are like, they were radical right wingers. And I, I guess they were upset with like the new order post World War II, so they were really like pro like the the previous regime, I guess the Nazis, and so they kind of wanted to like bring that back, um, in, until eventually you know their movement fizzled out uh, by the nineties. So that's why I was trying to figure out like who's the person who feels like they want to bring back the past and the coven, um, or and see it's confusing because it. The Marcos group almost seems like the ones who are like the usurpers. Um, so then Suspiria trying to taking it back makes it seem like that's the RAF. But see, I don't know. It, I'll I'll kind of go with that too. I I, I, I don't know. Um, 
You know, you know the what I was pleasantly pleasantly surprised about in this movie. Um, they spend a great deal of time talking and dancing about Volk, mm. V O L K, which I think means people in German. Mm-hmm. I may be wrong. Sounds like folk. And uh, when they actually do perform this in those red yarns, I was like, "Damn, this actually isn't too bad." This is pretty uh, contemporary for 1947, 48, huh. 43 when it was created. I was impressed. And then I suddenly realized, like, I'm getting kind of into this. I'm getting into this movie that a lot of people on the Internet said was boring um, because I thought the dance stuff was really cool. And then you add the additional thing with Mia Goth. Uh, you know, this is right. Oh, wow. Uh, before you know she, she she falls down she quote unquote breaks her leg or you know whatever happens oh and uh, Mia Goth by the way is awesome in this and this is before she became an official horror scream queen if you want to call I don't know is, is that a scream queen she was in X and then Pearl and she was great in both yeah uh, I haven't seen Pearl but uh, you guys know what we're talking about here? X and Pearl? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. You've seen it there, Eric? I haven't seen them, but like, I seen know X. what they're talking about. Yeah, this this was kind of her continuation because she had done uh, A Cure for Wellness two years before this and then, yeah, folded up here. So, I, yeah, I was definitely happy to see her. Like, oh, yeah, she's she's work, working really well in these horror things. Yeah. And then, yeah, now Pearl, just fantastic yeah speaking of her playing you know uh, 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 one of the other actresses playing a, a double role as an old person that's what she does in X. <laughs> yeah. and i love the idea that they just like okay you know what that's kind of fun let's make another movie you know it's covid nobody's doing anything we'll make this yeah. movie pearl and i regret to say that i have not seen pearl yet by the way that double casting i found interesting in x just saying Oh, but since you mentioned about her coming into the the dance at the end, I think that's great. And when they they break her leg and she's just in there shrieking, damn, that was a hard hitting uh, moment. It's yeah, it's really it goes on for just maybe two seconds too long that yes. it makes you uncomfortable. And of course, uh, if you ask people what bothers you in horror movies, there are people that say the eye things bother me. I yeah. worked I worked with a girl she said or i'm sorry a lady that said i just don't like things that have to do with eyes i think we were talking about an episode of hannibal where something happened with eyes she's like i can't watch that it has to do with eyes and i'm like did you ever watch a Lucci folgy movie <laughs> um but the bones sticking out of the uh the, the uh, lower leg that's another thing that happens a lot in movies uh Nick. Or the uh, the peeing when you're being brutalized, like we see here as well. Oh shit! That was a very sad and gruesome touch. Yeah. Ugh. And then we see her later. We see a few people who are down in that little basement with their uh, arms and or their feet and their hands cut off, and they're crawling around. I was like, yikes! <laughs> and then we see her standing up when they have the three of them there. And she goes around like, oh, oh, oh yes. Okay, yes. I know what you're talking Yes. That was really creepy. She sees the uh, girl that she thinks is Patricia, but it's some other girl that's yeah. uh, naked and emaciated and gray. It looks like she's been dead for 
you know, three weeks. I thought it was Patricia. That one's her. Yeah, that one's Patricia. Uh, or me, but it wasn't. But it was like it was all in her head. They were. Ma- I think they were making it all in her head. And then while she's doing that, the stump thing comes walking along. And when I say stump thing, I, it's just really creepy. And all I could think of, it reminded me of the guy from Audition. Oh. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do, yes. Yeah. Oh, God. It was making me think of Silent Hill. There's a, a boss or villains in that game that looked very similar. Yes, yes. But that was uh, Patricia. Um, Helena Marcos was down there draining her to keep her going until the ritual that's why she looked like that and all fucked up and then they bring her out for the final ritual it's it's her it's sarah and then olga and they cut out their guts and smear it all over them she's all refreshed see i didn't realize this but she's all refreshed for the ritual right uh no i think just the lighting makes her look less fucked up but she does still look fucked up and i'll say kind of weird they were very much promoting this on the fact that they cast zoe grace moretz she was still kind of a a bigger name then and so it was yeah i was making the rounds all over the place said oh she's gonna appear in this and so i was very surprised to see how little she was actually here but i didn't mind because i thought she was one of the weaker actresses here for this one i don't think she's terrible but i don't think her german was necessarily the best <laughs> all right satisfy my curiosity caleb it's not a negative on the film but i got a, I got a question so we have we need we have initially you know sarah befriending Susie again um, yeah, as it was in the original, and Sarah's the one in this one to uh, I, I guess she did in the original as well. But like in the, in this, we we see she you know she's friends with Patricia, and she's suspicious. She's like, where did where did Patricia go? Like I, I'd like to find her and whatnot. So they sneak into the office, right? They sneak into the records office to find, <laughs> um, you know, any any uh, a name, a file, a folder, anything for Sarah to like latch onto, like if she's still in the country or not. That's also where we get the scene of the um, uh, where it's like a big alligator moment. Oh, I guess it's it's there for the, the plot where um, Susie goes in the other room and she sees that the witches have uh, taken control of those two policemen investigating Patricia's disappearance and playing poking like the sickle or whatever they call it on the <laughs> cop's dick. But like um, when I love that scene by the way, Patricia. No, I'm sorry. Is it Sarah or is it Herr Doctor who um, approaches? I think it. Yeah, it's the Herr Doctor. He's he's approaching. He's approaching Sarah. If I recall, he takes her out to lunch or dinner. Or what I think it's dinner. Yeah, and talk. You know, tells her all these like you know these maddening things. This gibberish that's going like that's been written down in Patricia's diary and you know the one where we saw. Um, that the, those web of all these interconnected women, and my point is that you know Sarah's the one to initiate. Like, oh, well, they're they're hiding, they're hiding Patricia. Like, what's going on? And then when she is, when she talks to her doctor, uh, he's like, yeah, there's probably something weird going on there. Paraphrasing, of course. And she's like, there's nothing weird going on there. And then she's the one that like goes down to the basement and finds all the the the, the weird the sanctorum with all the the ritual happenings. It's like. Okay, what what happened there? Did did she like forget, or is she denying like her true feelings over this? I'm I'm confused here. Oh, yeah. During that scene, because she she'd been, you know, she'd heard all the things that Patricia was saying, and then Susie kind of repeating the same thing. She started thinking that was a bit weird, and then when he was putting all that stuff to her and talking about them having this secret side and hidden rooms, and they might still have her, it just freaked her out, and she was like, "Don't don't come back. Like, okay. There's nothing going on here." Okay. But then once 
once after that, she started seeing, especially Susie suddenly speaking French after not being able to speak it, and they point uh, that out to her. Ah, okay, that's fair. I, I, I didn't think of that. I was like, uh, she just starts speaking French. She's like, oh, that makes perfect sense. And then she, of course, does, Sarah, like, repeats, I'm, I'm at least happy with it. Sort of, I'm, I'm two ways of this. She repeats the, um, although was it, was it Susie or was it Sarah who did the counting in the, in the, in the, re, in the original? Sarah. It was Sarah, okay. Yeah, so. I love that they brought that back. I thought that was really clever. I, I kind of, wasn't that, like, somewhat set up in the original though or where yes. she kept hearing it i see that's what it was okay thank you exactly I was, I was right so i was like okay my only like disagreement there it's not like a point deducted but my only disagreement there is that they should have unless there was more subtlety to that, i guess there, they may have like set that up before but where like she kept hearing footsteps go everywhere beforehand maybe she did i just wasn't paying attention no because she didn't even think about the fact they had the hidden rooms until yeah that one killed herself stabbed herself in the throat and then she could hear it in the walls okay and then she just followed the path yeah i guess after they would have left that hidden room in there but i thought that that whole expanding of the sarah storyline they did a really good job and in actually giving a cause for for susie because in that first one it's just all of a sudden they're like oh we need to kill this american girl <laughs> yes in this one yeah having her join the cult and sarah being the one to kind of still discover something going on I thought that was a good way to flesh that out more, that dynamic. Mm, mm. No random box of, like, maggots, though, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, and I guess they had Sarah being controlled in the first one, too, and she had the pins in her eyes and came out laughing and was going to stab Susie. I guess doing it this way with her being controlled in the dance is another parallel. Yes, that's right. Yeah, at the very end. Okay, that makes sense. I love when she's doing the dance, too, and, and you can see the whole whole time that she's trying to fight against it until she finally does i think that adds a lot of tension to that scene so was it Susie who opened those uh holes in the ground or was that like mother marcos or one of the other witches blanc blanc okay that was her i see okay i thought that was a really cool effect too yeah i mean you, just, you barely notice it i'm like huh that's well uh, this movie's like fairly dark but not in a bad way like not desaturated like batman versus superman so no problem there. Uh, where do you want to go next, Caleb? Where, where else do we have to go with this? Well, I was curious what you thought about the the Volk dance, since I oh. spent so much time building up to it. And that's another thing, just before you answer, uh, that I think was a big improvement over this film uh, compared to the, the original. Mm-hmm. Is the original, the whole dancing element just seemed like it was just a bit of like set dressing. Mm-hmm. This one, it's such a pivotal part of the, the story there. I think that that was a really a smart move. Yes, no, I think I, I agree with you 100%. It's like one of the, one of the first things that uh, the, the director was was really, I guess, like wanting is like, come on, this is we're, we're out of dance school and like we don't really like we get like one or two scenes of dancing and that's it. Like, come on, we gotta we gotta like you know make this like pivotal to a plot. And I, I really did enjoy that as well. That that, that we we had a beginning, middle, and end with that, uh, where like Susie's introduced, then we see like her doing the jumps, and then like. Uh, they, they have the performance, and I can I can accept that. That's a, I can suspend my disbelief of like, yeah, there's probably some like um, practices in between. So <laughs> maybe it's like you know, oh, she <laughs> she uh, she got along pretty quickly with this, but it's like, come on, she's a witch, so it's like it's it's fine. <laughs> but it, it makes sense. Yeah, and I like the way that they emphasize that her learning to do this dance is kind of her learning to control that that magical element in her. I think that was mm-hmm. a clever way to. Mm-hmm 
intermixed that too. Brings it out within her, basically. Yeah. So if she can do it, then she could be a good um, vessel for the mother. Um, yeah. I actually thought for a little while that the dance itself would be sort of like a spell that would like cast something and something would appear, but it didn't turn out to be it. In fact, movement, it only comes out in a couple scenes, like when they're hauling away Olga with the hooks and that lady does that sort of like motion in front of the door and it opens. I'm like, it's kind of cool. She has powers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like the fact that they kind of modernize the idea of like, I don't, I don't know, like which, which pagan type, I don't know if it's pagan, but like, you know, the idea with witches is that like they, they have these incantations. They do these somatic or these, these, these physical movements to like, you know, perform a spell or whatnot. I, I really like that they translated that into a dance, like a performance art almost. Yeah. So like that's really, per- especially, you know, when we saw how uh, uh, Blanc, she did something to uh, Susie in the beginning where she like, you know, touched the palms of her hands and then her feet. And mm. that like made a, a connection to Olga as she was leaving. And that's what, you know, as Susie was, you know, doing the dance, uh, she was contorting Olga, which is yeah. like, oh, that's really, I really like that. It was, it was a subtle like thing. I, I like that. Or what about when she says behind Susie's back, thank you. And she just takes her hand and she doesn't touch her, but she just sort of like goes over her. Thank you. I don't know if she whispers it. Maybe remembering it wrong. Let me just inject a correction real quick. Um, you were actually right, Caleb. There, there was an act. That was a real flight in the movie. Aha! Uh-huh. I, I just found. I didn't find it earlier, but I found it now. Aha! Uh-huh. Oh, so it, it, there was a real flight, and yeah, it did happen in October '77. So, um, yeah, and it involved, or it was for a purpose of the of the red army faction look at that so i you know we, we, we confirmed it thank you Eric, for that yes thank you yeah sorry but i like i saw it i'm sure there's one listener oh yes uh, yeah, yeah yeah the curiosity was really like you know just eating away at you so you need to do uh you need to do it just with olga you know how they kind of paired her up in that way i like later that they continue that with uh i think her name's caroline they they bring her in to be like yes. Oh, Susie needs to improve your jumps, and you know Susie's trying to do it. So they bring this girl over, and then afterwards, Marcos or uh, Blanc gives her this like death stare, and then they just shift her abilities over to to Susie. And I like when they do those spells, and the people just like freak the fuck out. She falls on the ground, seizing, and then we see the the doctor do that later in the movie in his bed. Yeah, it's uh, it's not a body experience for that. I also just realized it's like another thing that witches are unknown for. So at least in some cultures, uh, probably European ones, is that uh, they be associated with red hair. And Susie Banyan, she's a redhead. Oh. So it's like ah, that's oh, right. That's absolutely true. Yes, yes. Yeah. Like the uh, Weasleys, witchcraft. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, um, I have to. Uh, I love the scene where all of the teachers go out to eat. By the way, I want to party oh. with them. Uh, uh, yeah. No, thank you. They seem fun. I, I oh, haven't gosh. seen a more spirited night out. You know, <laughs> you, you could go to an Applebee's in the eighties, and it, it's it's not this. It's like what do they what do they have in Berlin? My God, they they have like drab olive rooms, but man, do they know how to party at a restaurant table? Um. They do this twice in the film. The first time, um, the, the, the students are looking in on them. 
uh, and we realize that these ladies are sort of telepathically communicating while they're um, ostensibly talking to each other and partying. And then later on, near the end of the film, right before the ritual occurs, they take some of the students out. Okay, oh. this is a superficial question. Okay, I'm going to ask this. It, it, they do hypnotize the students at one point. This is true. Uh, yeah. To participate in the ritual, but one of the students, and I think it was Caroline, was trans with the long hair and the pipe. Did anybody else notice this? Uh, I, I noticed that Caroline had very masculine features. I didn't know if they were uh, trans or not. Yeah, I just assumed they were female, but okay. And I'm like, okay, that's interesting. I need more backstory on that, but th- you didn't get any, you know. She might have just been very uh, European, you know. Okay. <laughs> Some European ladies have very. Uh, They're like that in the seventies. Okay. About those scenes you're mentioning, I love uh, that first time when the students come across and are looking in the window, and they look like they're having such a nice time, and in the inside they're all sinister. Yeah. Like, oh, it's good for them to see us like this, see that we're a part of the world. Uh, but uh, it's all a mask. But they they can. <laughs> yeah, they exactly. They can do all this talking that they're doing inside their heads back at the school, but we. And you know what? I think also they were having fun themselves. It's okay. Even even yeah. evil people. I don't even know if they were evil. Um, but uh, even witches get to have fun and drink and eat. And... Yeah, and that later scene, right post-Volk, before the, the big ritual, when they're all partying with the students, and then they they all at, at once start to... Yeah, once they're putting them under their spell, they start like trying to seduce them, too. I was like, did they fuck them before they did the ritual? Because... It was getting uncomfortable. I didn't notice that. I didn't notice that. Yeah, they're touching them all over. They're yeah, kissing them on their cheeks, and yeah, it's it's creepy. It's a it's a family thing, or it's a European thing. Who knows? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Interesting. So so Sean, Caroline, I thought she looked the way she looked because um, I I thought oh perhaps this person is a professional dancer like in real life, and they just have that type of athletic build or whatever that's kind of what i was thinking um but i looked it up now and the the actress is is a trans actress in real life mm. okay so there is that i do find it interesting that the, dire- the director also um you know a lot of, a lot of <laughs> in 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 the original there was almost like you know no like inner dialogue obviously but there was also like you know, no explanations for what was happening, and I'm not saying that there is explanations for this, but it is interesting that, like, w- w- when the witches are, like, communicating telepathically, they are kind of explaining their goals. I found that uh, pretty interesting, and uh, if mm-hmm. that was a uh, if that was a risk versus reward. Well, especially compared to that first one, we kept wondering, like, what are the witches even doing here? I mean, why do they hate Susie? What are they trying to accomplish? I, I think giving that insight definitely was was a help and there is a lot of stuff in this movie that it would be easy to lose on a first viewing especially and i think having them kind of spell some of that out maybe helps a little bit too right so where where else do we go with this where where else are we going here well we've been we've been skirting around the big ending post volk once we get to the big ritual i don't think we've discussed too much of that and where, as you guys said, it goes tits up and, like, it loses you guys for a bit. Okay, yeah. I, I thought I talked about it a little bit, but go ahead, Caleb. I, I don't like it either. Go ahead. Yeah, so we, we'd, at a certain point, the movie starts to turn, and we realize that we've missed a, 
a bunch of scenes between Susie and and Blanc, and they they start talking about stuff that we don't know about. They're like, I don't know, are we prepared? You know, you have to make a choice. And it's like, what are we talking about here? And so we get to this, and it's like, oh, are you going to choose to be Lena Marcus's new vessel? But they seem to think that something else might be going on. And I can't tell exactly when Mother Suspiriorum took over Susie. I don't know if it was when she stripped nude and put on that that very thin outfit. Because we keep, throughout the movie, seeing this like sparkly light that she keeps seeing in her dreams and, and then in person. And I'm pretty sure that's Mother Suspiriorum coming to her. So no, oh, remember the, uh, the the I know Sean's probably going to say remember the the yeah. the Blanc says to one of the women that she's feeding Susie she's 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 yes. inceptioning in um, the witch's dreams into hers yes yes yeah but eventually she starts seeing it even when she's awake she'll just be sitting in her room and that'll be in the corner there just like glittering so I feel like yeah that would that entered the dreams initially and then it just started to it chose Susie itself well there's a superiorum. I mean, there's also the other plot point, or at least the other, you know, point we're, we're going to uh, with, um, what is it, with Susie back in Ohio, like her, her origins with her, with her mother, excuse me. Yes. Is, is, her, is her family line potentially like, you know, an offshoot? Did they initially come from Germany or the old world and then they relocated to Ohio or America, excuse me? And are they like a lineage of Suspiriora? Potentially. Oh, that's and like, interesting. And like wow. that's what I was thinking, where it's just like because we always flash back to her mother, and I don't remember all the details and all like the, the paraphrase, all the all the phrases that her mother makes. But it's like, yeah, where's where's this going? Like, like I feel like Suspirium was like over in America and just like waiting to return, basically to yeah. I guess exact her revenge or take over the uh, over the coven. I I don't know. So the mother says on her deathbed that Susie is a smear. I guess on humanity. I don't know. A smear, certainly not on a canvas. But, yeah, it, 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 you know, so I don't think there's no love loss between Susie and her mother. So she has no problem, presumably, denouncing her mother for the, the other mother. <laughs> yeah, she's like, Susie was my, my sin. The sin I smeared on the world. Something like that. And I was like, God damn, that's a line. <laughs> yeah, if that was my mother, fuck you, bitch. You religious <laughs> fucking bitch dying in the bed. Yeah, during one of the dreams that she has, her mom catches her masturbating and then uh, irons her hands with an iron. I was yeah. just like, holy fuck, yeah. what a crazy... Who does that? Yeah, that's just insane. Yeah. I like the way that they use the, the size at the very beginning of the movie. Kind of like the Mother Suspiria in that first one as we see her sighing on her deathbed. I thought that was really cool at the start of it too well remember that's that's what suspiria means is sigh yeah um and that's the other thing is that potentially you know within within uh Suspirium has been she or spirit arm excuse me has she's been in uh within Susie her whole life potentially and this is like just her awakening wow. potentially that's my like like she's a sleeper agent almost that's that's my <laughs> like read on it like where Susie is innocent to maybe a point well i don't yeah maybe a point but then like as the movie goes on, Suspirium starts like that's what's causing Blanc to be a little like worried, and that's what's getting some of the others on the witches on edge. Just like there's 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 been an awakening, uh, like there's a force that has awakened within her. Uh, but just for to me to get to the parts where I feel like it really starts to just lose me and goes into kooky town, 
<laughs> it starts once uh, Helena Marcos is like, In order for you to be my vessel, you have to reject your other mother. Expel her. I was like, uh, th this feels like you're slapping us with your themes a little bit too much now. Because, yeah, so much of this about motherhood and, yeah, I guess her choosing which mother she wants to, to have as her own. So I didn't really like that. And then when she's like, who are you? And then Elena Marcos is like, Mother Suspiriorum. I thought the delivery there was just really over the top and ridiculous. And then Susie tears her chest apart. And yes. uh, people's heads blow up or they blow up just like at the end of Ready or Not. Uh, uh... Yeah, they're going through. We see them. We see all the actresses against like a blank wall. And they're like, Marcus, and then their head explodes, and they start doing this weird thing with the, the camera. I think throughout this movie, there's a lot of really great camera work, and I love the, the use of zooms, and we get some cool split diopter shots. Kind of a callback to the 70s, but whatever this is. Yeah, I swear. Oh my god, Kelly, just when you said that, I just thought the same thing. Um, the scene where she's pulling apart her chest, and we hear that music it kind of reminded me of like cat people like the 1980s cat people or maybe like a, oh i can see some scenes yeah like a stuart stuart gordon film like yeah. some sort of hp lovecraft shit um did not like it though but it reminded me of that so but i did like the parts where she's like what do you want me to do i want to die okay you die yeah and they die yeah for whatever reason that moment i just feel like has a good emotional value to it just pitying those girls <laughs> stuck in the middle of this but yeah no when she's ripping open her chest and i mean i love the song that's playing underneath it i don't know how well it actually goes with the movie <laughs> in the we see like the inside of her chest there's like a mouth screaming <laughs> yeah, I, uh... <laughs> uh, yeah and I thought it was a mouth screaming and i i didn't really like the whatever that slowed down it looks like they just shot it in regular speed and slowed it down dramatically as it's going around and all the naked bodies flailing around. I think all that just looks really strange. I didn't like it. Yeah, I thought it was a little bit too pretentious. Um, and I was afraid this movie was going to be pretentious when I started it. And this is why this scene was so disappointing to, disappointing to me. Yeah. Um, so, But I do like the point where it's like, <laughs> after this, somebody's like, Madame Blanc has left the company. And then all of, this, all of a sudden they show them cleaning up all the blood. Because I, I literally like that thought too. that. Somebody's going to have to clean this all up. What are you going to do with uh, all this? I mean, just leave it, please. Just dragging the corpses into a pile in the corner. <laughs> yeah, we'll set them on fire. Then I'll take care of it. Oh, and I love, because th this whole time we have uh, the doctor as a witness. He's there naked and he's screaming that he's innocent, that there was lots of know terrible men in germany mm -hmm. back in those those holocaust days but he was innocent i thought that was also had a lot of impact to it just him there and i love after <laughs> one of the surviving witches takes him outside and he can barely he's like stumbling yeah. around and she's trying to comfort him <laughs> like he just like came out of a bar like really too drunk and like yeah. okay you have to go home now darling <laughs> she starts singing to him i thought that was just really funny as well I liked her. Like, like each one of those women in my mind had an impression, but for some reason I really liked her. She was the house mother. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was nice. I feel like all the witches had a nice flavor to them. and gave them little standout moments. Okay. 
But then, yeah, the, the other big moment at the end is when the doctor's in his bed, you know, kind of recovering from all this, and then Mother Suspiria Arm comes and pays him a visit, and the whole movie he's been, yeah, tying up this investigation into his past investigations, trying to track down his wife who he lost during the war, and they mentioned that she brought fears to him, like, hey, you know, it seems like things are really turning, maybe we should get out of here. She was Jewish, and he was, he was not, and he didn't believe her, and they even kind of, like, harass him for that like hey if a woman tells you that she's scared all you do is just try to you know psychoanalyze her you don't take her seriously so i guess that was a little point of discovery for him mm-hmm. yeah yeah but and that still happens now i think yeah but then yeah Susie, or i guess mother spear arm comes to him and it's just like hey you know i i recognize that you know those those chicks who are operating my name you know they, they were fucked up and what they did to you is fucked up so to help you out here I'm going to tell you what happened to your wife. And I think that was a very emotional scene as well. And for a second, after she leaves, you think he's going to die. But he doesn't. Yeah. Um, and I think that's when the movie ends. So. Oh, and, and just since I was talking about that investigation thing, I also really like the note of when he comes to the those cops who we see the witches playing with their dicks. And they're like, oh, no, we checked that place top to bottom. Everything's fine. I like that he takes a moment to thank one of the officers. He's like, oh, you helped me mark off Poland. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was a really nice moment, too. I don't know where where that would go, but interesting detail. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just another fleshing out of he's been doing this for, for so long. But, but yeah. He didn't look that old, though. That, that, that would be like 30 years ago, at least. But that guy looked my age, so... Well, he's he's been investigating this whole time, so it, it might have only happened in the past like ten years or so. Uh, just saying, he looked like my age in his face, not his. He's talking about the detective, Caleb. Yeah, no, that's what I mean, the detective. Yeah. Yeah. Because this this guy's been he's never stopped his investigation, is what I what I take from it in this movie. So, but yeah, I guess we've yeah, I guess we come around to final thoughts. Uh, I guess starting again with you, Sean. <laughs> I don't know. I've said everything I've 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 wanted to say. I'm going to. Um, I was going to give this movie four stars out of five. Um, do you rate? I don't. I don't remember. No, we we don't rate. Yeah, rating is overrated. Yeah, I re- I really like this movie. I, I I think this movie may be better than the original. Oh my god, what is he saying? But like I said, the original is all about set pieces. Like, let's see. Uh, this person died fabulously uh, through a, a sting red glass window, you know, things like that. And it, and it does look really cool. And I think that mm, that film gets a lot of credit. Um, it's not the film, uh, the first film that looks like that. There are others before that that look a little bit more like that. But I think that movie gets a lot of credit because it's Argento's first um uh paranormal movie it's it's the first movie he did where it wasn't just like a whodunit where the killer turned it was it wasn't like scream where the killer turned out to be one of the characters Hmm. um but i love this i loved how fleshed out this was i love the fact this was two and a half hours and i didn't realize it i didn't appreciate the uh ritual scene when I first saw it, but now when you guys were talking about it, I'm kind 
kind of flowing over there and maybe I have to watch it again. Um, but yeah, pretty solid. Loved it. Liked uh, that I got to watch it. Liked that I have to uh, chat about it with you folks. So I'll pass. That's it. Sean rests. I guess to continue the same order from the first time. Yeah, when I first watched it, that ending just left a sour note. I was like, whoa, this this is jarring. And it, it still feels like it doesn't fully work. But I, I'm, be, I'm becoming more accepting with it. I, I, I like the movie so much overall that I can kind of accept the dramatic weight of it and ignore the stuff that feels stupid. <laughs> like the weird camera effects and all the head explosions, which look very CGI to me. But yeah, I think I think I've said my piece throughout. I I think it's it's really good and gets better each time I watch it. And I do prefer it over the original at this point. I think as well. Mm. Mm. But uh, how about was Eric? Yeah, I think Isaac you passed to Eric. So yeah, I think. Is it me? Yeah, it's you, Eric. Let me go back to the very beginning. Oh boy. No. Um. Some things I didn't mention uh, that I also liked. I recognize the actress who played Miss Tanner. Um, at first, I thought she was someone from the old series Fringe, but no, she's not that person. She's actually from one of the greatest sci-fi series ever that happens to be German, which is the series Dark. Oh. Mm. Mm. Um, and she was significant in that series, and I was just glad to see her in a film because she was she's fantastic. Um, Mia Goth, I don't know what it is with her that causes me and probably other people to just fixate on her. I still haven't figured it out. Like, like with someone like an actress like Scarlett Johansson, it's never a mystery to me why I was always fixated on her. You know, never. But with Mia Goth, I can't do the math on, and I, I've barely seen her in a few films, but she just has that genetic qua yeah she does yeah there's something so fixating about her and i don't know what it is and then i've seen her maybe in one or two interviews and she didn't seem particularly interesting in those interviews but but when she's acting i don't i don't know if it's her look i don't know what it is yeah she's just got it yeah she's just got it. she's like the horror version of philomena kunk uh <laughs> another person that i can't stop watching it's just she's so cute as a button but I'm sorry, Eric. Yeah, and so that that was something you know to glom onto to get me through the movie. I guess um, I'm still trying to solve that mystery though, in general, about her. Um, I did like the dancing element; like it was surprisingly good overall. Like practically all the dancing that we saw, and um, Susie Dakota Johnson. I was like, oh yeah, she, she's like very convincing because I was expecting it and maybe they did a little bit but you couldn't tell i don't know but i was expecting it to be kind of like flash dance where jennifer beale you can see the close-ups but then when she starts spinning around it would be like a totally different actress wait what were you thinking i was gonna say i didn't know where you're going i was like flash dance yeah i don't i don't i I thought it was gonna be like an obvious double whenever like real Mm. intricate crazy dancing but but if they did and they might have done it once or twice but you couldn't tell if they did yeah. So I thought that was really good. Um, and then Dakota Johnson, I've had the opposite feeling with her as compared to what I said about Mia Goth. Like, I have never found her attractive. I always see her father in her face, and it, it always, I don't know, I, I just can't separate that thought. But this is the first time that 
I actually didn't really see her father in her face. And this is the first time I actually found her like attractive in anything. And, and, and it, <laughs> and well, cause I, in her, I mean, I didn't, in her other roles, I always thought, why is she cast for this? Is it just because of her parents? Because I, I don't see what else is going who, on. Who are her parents? Who are her parents? I don't even know. Me neither. Uh, Don Johnson. Don Johnson. I'm telling you, that's why I can't get his face out of, like out of her face. Wait, Mia Mia Goth is no Dakota Johnson, the person whose last name is Johnson. Oh, forgive me, forgive me. I'm so sorry. The person we didn't mention once throughout this discussion until now, surprisingly, the lead. <laughs> and doesn't she have a famous mother? Um, I can't think who it is right now. Uh, Eric, you're the guy in the chair. You'll look him up, or you'll you'll find her. <laughs> What's her name? Melanie Griffith. That's who I think it is. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so Don Johnson and Melanie Griffith. Don Johnson. And so ever since she got into the acting scene, I always wondered why, other than her parentage, other, other than nepotism. But this is the first time I've seen her where I didn't feel that. I didn't feel the nepotism. I didn't see her father's face. She was just good. She was really good as well. Not in the same way as Mia Goth, but in a different way. She was really good. So that surprised and impressed me. Because um, normally that would have been a detriment as well for me. Um, oh, and the dancing, not only was the dancing good, but I liked how it was sort of integrated into the mythology, I guess, mm-hmm. of of the coven and however that stuff works. And a lot of the, the one-on-one dance scenes with Blanche and uh, Susie, those were probably my favorite parts of the movie, if I had favorite parts. Um, so all that stuff was good. Um, I guess the other reason I don't feel that positive about the movie overall, though, aside from the, the brouhaha we talked about earlier, on paper, I would have thought this would have been something I would have liked more because not that it, not that it's the same at all as Midsummer, but I thought it would have a similar effect on me where it would somehow draw me in and I'd see these parallels um, between between the story and, and the idea of the witches and 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 it didn't work and I think part of the reason it didn't work for me was because whatever mood or tension that was trying to be set up in the movie never it just never worked on me because Midsummer the first time I watched it I was like super creeped out you know in the first 10-15 minutes and I never stopped being creeped out the whole entire movie feeling unsettled and uncomfortable okay i had none of that with this movie um i never felt uncomfortable or queasy or scared or anything and and for something i guess this is a horror movie i guess um (laughs) to, to never be scared or tense or anything um and also i at the very least not that i expected it to be like a a complete remake of the original at the very least, though, I expected like some sensational deaths or something like that, because that, other than the the bright colors, I think that's the other calling card of the original. So I expected some spectacular deaths or something, and none of it seemed spectacular to me at all. It, and it, huh. it just like like what about what about Olga? Um, that was the one where she got all contortioned and. Nah. Turned into a pretzel. Nah. 
I, I can't think of the other movies, but I, I feel like I've seen it better in other movies. I mean, that same type of death. Huh. I can't think what they are right now. And, it, and again, it wasn't that it was bad, the Olga death, or any of the deaths. I thought they were bad. They just, none of them moved the needle for me at all. There's just, uh. And so, so this is this is the actually more important than the thing that I brought up earlier that bothered me. This is more important than that in that how can I have like strong positive feelings about a movie that like never quickened my pulse or anything? They like, never evoked any emotion in me other than like I felt like an anthropologist or not an anthropologist, uh, someone who studies animals. I feel like I'm just observing animals in the wild, but it's just animals doing everyday things, nothing spectacular. And I feel like I'm just watching, taking notes. But you no, know, those those people get heart rates and pulses too when they find something interesting. Trust me, I've I've seen the documentary. Well, yes, yes, that's oh yeah, yeah, those people, yes. Okay, but you're but okay. Nothing, not I'm like flatline, and it. Uh, I didn't. I wasn't thinking. Oh, this movie's horrible, or this is bad, or this is undeveloped. No, I didn't have any of those feelings. I just had like apathy and lack of feeling in general. Yeah, to the point of. Not wanting to watch it, really. Wanting to do other things. Yes. And it does sound like, yeah, maybe just the headspace. You weren't really in it to see something like this at the time. And maybe coming back to it at another time, maybe you'd get more out of it. Perhaps, and, and this is a movie, and it is a movie I had wanted to see ever since I first heard of it. And so that was kind of a letdown. Uh, overall, the filmmaking directing seemed fine. Like, I, I made peace with the, the lack of color. And, and it kind of made sense, like, the more I thought about it. So that, that was fine. The lack of color. And, and the, like I said, the direction was fine. I was kind of surprised that this was something that was talked about. Because I remember how I first heard about it was was in 4K forums. And for something to be so widely spoken about in 4K forums, it, it's like weirdly ironic that this is not a 4K show 4K showcase type of movie. Oh, really? I, in the least? Oh, wow. I don't think so. I it, I think it looks excellent, but... <laughs> I know. I think it looks excellent, but not in a 4K kind of way. Because usually those types of movies either have fine detail or they have colors that kind of pop. And this definitely doesn't have that. Um, so that just seemed kind of weird to me. Oh my god. Okay. All right. No. It, no. That's that. That's actually not a detriment in my mind. More is it's just weird irony. Yeah. I, I'd definitely be curious to hear what you think. Sitting and watching all the way through and having some yeah, reset expectations because it does sound like maybe just sure. a not not for you at the moment kind of movie agreed and and i don't think that a movie has to be i'm sorry eric i'm going to bring this up again avatar to pop oh no okay <laughs> uh uh i'm sorry I'm, i mean no 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 you don't have to be avatar um no no but you guys are taking it as me saying that is like an insult to the film, but that's not how I see it. No, I no, okay. I. It, it's just it's just not that. <laughs> but that's fine. That doesn't that didn't like subtract points. It just surprised me because Eric, Eric, we expected more from you. Now, would you come with us into the other room right now? Oh my god, we're going to lay you down to have a nice. Night. Oh no, <laughs> oh what is going on? <laughs> I feel lost. I'm out. <laughs> it, that wasn't a sex thing. It was a cult thing. Okay. Out. And I think, yeah, I got it. Okay. I guess the last thing I'll say is that if I had to choose today, I would definitely want to rewatch the original over this one. Uh. Um, absolutely. Because I'd be more, we've already discussed that movie, and I kind of agree with you guys on the on the original for the most part. But yet, I'd rather just put something in 
in the player for the mood, the visuals and the and the sounds and, and mm-hmm. you know the music. I'd rather just put that on and drift away rather than try to like belabor this. Um, yeah, you're right about that. You're right about that because that will do it. Uh, the soundtrack yeah. for the original is absolutely astounding. Yeah, and I've it it's definitely this movie takes a lot more uh, kind of commitment up front for a movie like this, more uh, investment and, and willingness to. Yeah, engage with it more the other one you could just put on and you know clean your room and then come back for the death scenes yeah <laughs> so yeah that's mostly what i have to say about this but i didn't hate it all oh and i will rate it as two and a half out of hey out of five sus old guys what a fuck no 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 i disagree you can't you can't rate something that you didn't sit and watch all the way through that's that's not a fair rating i I've watched it all now i've seen it all i i've watched it the last hour two times yeah, but us talking over it, that's not watching it. No, you it. can't have watched it. No, I'm going to object to counsel's admission that he didn't He didn't watch the whole movie, therefore any opinion is admissible. I don't know how you guys think it's going to play better for me if I pay attention, more attention to the uh, end. The part that know. you guys I don't, don't even no, like. No, wait a minute. You guys want me to pay more attention to the part that that like derailed the movie for you guys? Hey, that's like, and somehow that's gonna like that magic. That's like fifteen minutes, not a whole hour. This whole conversation is a perfect reason for why I think, like David Lynch, that you should sit and watch a movie from beginning to end without stop, and not on your fucking cell phone. Yeah, not in your goddamn cell phone. He's right. (laughs) And, and you know, in a big screen or in a movie theater, maybe with popcorn. Yeah, but my challenge to that, my challenge is what is I have never ever been tempted to pull out my cell phone during a compelling movie ever. Well, that's okay. That's good. I'm and just so the saying, fact that I may have popped out no, my I'm cell not, phone no. speaks to this sir, movie. Sir, hold on. You uh, didn't watch you, it on your cell phone, but you said that you watched the last like third of it. While we were talking, which means you didn't really watch it. Exactly. I, I'll concede that. I'll concede that. But I, like, I was just speaking to the, the, the um, David Lynch comment. Okay. Well, no, we're not talking. You know, I just use that as a citation. You don't have to like. You're not winning this one, Eric. I'm sorry. I'm not gonna win anything. I know it's not a contest. It's just an exhibition. No, no. Okay. But yeah, just before we go to Isaac, Isaac, I feel like you've been yeah in the background here this whole time, but. I'm sorry to talk over you again. I I just wanted to point out, I discovered this today for the first time, and I've got no clue why this is even here. But there's actually a post-credits scene in this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, And all it is is Susie putting up her hand, and I don't know what the hell this is. Do do you have any ideas, anybody? (laughs) I saw that a little bit earlier. I need to go back and watch that again. I have no idea. Because I was very surprised that there was a post-credits scene at all. That's all I have. What did the background look like? It just looked like a random like street. You couldn't even really see it. Okay, because I thought that she went back to America to like either pay her respects or go see her mom again. That was my interpretation of it. But it also could be that she went to the um, maybe this is the wrong oh. place, but she goes back to her her doctor's um, uh, little shack, old house? His, his old house. There we go. That's my, that was my my thing where she like pays respects to him and Anka. Like maybe puts her hand on that that heart with the the two initials in it. Yeah, of course. That's that was my that was my like idea. Okay, maybe maybe that's what they're going for. Yeah, which by the way, I did like the the fact that you know his his old home he was just keeping even though it's on the other side of the the wall and he didn't even live on that side. He just kept it in case she came back one day. And yeah, I, I like that element as well. But but go ahead, Isaac. Sorry. <laughs> so I 
did like the ending, um, where it becomes basically hell hath no woman like a, or oh. hell hath no fury like a woman scorned or whatever. Like that's pretty much what it was. Like I assumed it was a big ostentatious like power move of uh, Suspiria showing who's superior, like who's mother superior to all these, you know, like. Um, not, not heretics, but all these deceivers and those who betrayed her. That was my interpretation. So I'm okay with the ending. I, I, I like it. Like, sure, yeah, the slow motion, it's there, but like, yeah, you could say it's, yeah, you could, you could, you could say it's like, you know, it's, it's kind of indulging on itself. It's jacking off to itself. But like, no, I, I, I enjoyed it. It was a big, like I said, it's a big ostentatious move. It's a big set piece. So I'm like, no, it, it yeah. does make sense. And she like summons either like a disembodied soul or like a, an incar- incarnated version of Suspiria um, herself. It's, I, it's a weird thing, but still, I'm like, no, I, it, it, the ending makes sense to me. I'm not, like, confused at all as to what's happening, so I accept that ending. Um, final thoughts, though. Final thoughts. Man, this is a, this is a film. <laughs> but, you know, it's... it's Yeah, whereas the first one is just very colorful and it puts you in a mood. I, I think both of these can stand on their own. Obviously, this one has the narrative over... Um, the original one but i think that original one is still worth it uh in a way obviously you know to, like i said before it's like sometimes you just want to watch like this is an art house film right like that one as well as kind of an art house one they put they both deal with art in that like we're seeing art on screen both ways like like you know all these beautiful colors in the original one and in this one we see like performance art it's it's wonderful it's beautiful but, like i I accept both. Um, like one, like both, I think are in a, in a way a bit, a bit moody, and I think it's like a psychodrama than like it is more more than like a horror film. I mean, there are horror images that did get to me, like the the moment where um, the the witches uh, trick and uh, put a spell over um, uh, Herr Doctor, uh, thinking his wife has, has come back, and then he, oh, yeah. they, they, she basically leads him to. Um, the sanatorium, not sanatorium, but the, uh, the, the, the house, the, the, the studio. And then the woman's, the, the witches just come out howling and cackling. I was like, Oh, good grief. What the hell was that? Yeah. It came out of nowhere. Like that, that got me, but like, no, it's, it is, it is quite funny how the first one is, it's kind of full of life. Like it's, it's so colorful. It's made in like, you know, the day it's made, made back in the day in the seventies. And then this, it's like, and, and you're kind of surprised, like, oh, that's what the 70s look like. And then you watch this film, it's like, it's from 2019. And you, you watch, it's like, oh, well, that's what the 70s kind of also looked like. So it's very it's very interesting. Also, it takes place in two mm. different places, mm. right? Because did the first one take place in Italy or was it Germany? Yes, Germany. Germany. Okay, so it was still that. Oh, it was? It was Germany? I'm so sorry. Okay. Yeah, it was It was around a lot of places that also tied into Third Reich. They used a lot of... That's right! Yeah, things that were very... A part of the early development of the Third Reich is why this one also has the yes i remember you saying that big nazi themes as well right so they kept that but they diff they they did they went in a different direction okay that's good so they still had those those third reich um uh ideas in there okay that's that's good to note um yeah it's (laughs) i think the only problem i'm a bit sad by but obviously you couldn't have gotten this in there is that there is no reference to snow white and the seven dorks (laughs) <laughs> I, really, I was really wishing that was good. Like, maybe the first scene we had with Patricia where, you know, I'm not saying Chloe's short or anything like that, but, like, she's shorter. I was like, she <laughs> goes to her doctor's apartment, oh. and she's, like, ringing the doorbell, and you can see the hand. I'm just going thinking back to Caleb. Oh. I can't I can't get over this. Like, we watched this in 2019, you know, when the, you know, this, well, okay, sorry, 20... Amazon states that this is this was released in 2019, but they keep saying 2018, so I'm I, I'm confused yeah. there. Um, but like, 
Anyways, so I, I can't get off the fact that the original one is based off of Snow White and the Seven Dorks. So I'm like, I, w I would have at least loved some sort of like um, reference there, but obviously no, of course not. Still want to see that, but no, I I, I I give this movie a recommendation that everybody watches it and, and watch the original one as well. I don't think it's uh, one is superior in than the other over the other with like narrative potentially, but I don't I, again I would not write off the original. Uh, yeah. I think the original is definitely worth watching. Uh, that's my take. Yeah, and thank you guys very much. Thank you, Eric. Um, I'm sorry for the, the beating. I know we've been browbeating you a little bit with this one. I'm sorry about that. I didn't feel it. <laughs> Eric, I don't think you should feel too bad because I think I really I really like goofed uh, the bed here. Because I, I was the one that like came in the last film not realizing that we were doing uh, the original first. Because, you know, I just uh, miscommunication and like me not understanding so i think i think you get a pass i it was unacceptable for me to like you know not not realize my mistakes there so i think you get a pass uh, i'm fine because I, I blame the movie more than i blame myself fair enough so. <laughs> well that's that's where we all disagree yeah, about. don't don't <laughs> Don't apologize for Eric Isaac. Jesus. Oh Christ. no. No, but but no, I because yeah, no because what I was saying about the David Lynch thing, I, oh, I, no. this never would have happened if I had been engaged in the first hour. This none of this would have ever happened. Isaac, yeah. uh, you won't apologize after I say this, uh, Eric. Oh, no. What do you think about this compared to Avatar? <laughs> Come on. No, no, forget Avatar. No. Forget Avatar. No, no. But I started watching this yesterday, actually. <laughs> And I watched like the first thirty minutes, and I watched this. I took a break. Took the watched the next thirty minutes, and then I watched Interstellar twice, and then I came back to this movie today. Uh, so what? Po what podcast are you doing um, with Interstellar in it? <laughs> no podcast. Personal enjoyment. Fair enough. Okay. Well, priorities. No, that's, okay. that's priorities. That's, uh, that's okay. That's that's fair. But I'm just saying that like really that says something that no, I actually put this on pause and watched this other really long movie two times back to back. And then I came back to this. Uh, OK, well, all right. Did you come back starting it fresh or back to where you were before? Back to where I left off. Well, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> That's not. Uh... But anyway, let's like me with Blade Runner all those years ago. But again, that never would have happened with any movie I've ever enjoyed. I've never paused a movie that sucked me in ever and like abandoned it so that, that there's well, something that's... there oh i think there is something there and i've discovered it now you were just when you're watching the first half an hour you just couldn't stop thinking oh fuck i want to watch interstellar <laughs> and, and then you said you were playing video games too so yeah but, but no i wanted this to be apology not to attack eric more but <laughs> I, I i you know you know eric i i i question your dedication to sparkle motion is what i'm trying to say <laughs> there you go you yeah <laughs> i need to revisit that movie but tune in in the future for when we do another remakes versus original currently i have nothing lined up but i'm sure we'll come up with something but uh isaac do you want to do you want to carry us out sure uh <laughs> those listeners who want to join a performance art school a performing art school excuse me are you sure that they aren't hiding anything devious such as a very, very rare collection of ancient Neanderthal toenails and toes. Oh. Till next time. Peace. Peace.